Hello, I'm Sanity Ape, and welcome to NFT Telling Talks, where we explore the people of Web3 and their impact on the future of technology. In this episode, we're excited to have Frank Poncelet, the COO of Hyperlabs, join us. With more than three decades of experience in programming, he has developed over 35 smart contracts for a variety of projects and made the ERC-721F as a low gas contract template. Join us as we explore Frank's journey in the NFT space, his passion for exploring the possibilities of soulbound tokens, and his insights on the future of Web3. So sit back, grab a banana, and let's get started. So welcome, Frank. Good morning, good morning. Uh, nice, nice, nice for you guys to have me. Thank you for joining us. So, How are you doing today? Uh, Oh, it's good. Weather, weather is not so good in Belgium, but it's still kind of cold and rainy. But uh, doing, uh, having a few a few days off of the real life uh, to to work on some art, so that that's good. Oh, nice! So uh, you're also uh, sometimes uh, doing your own art, right? Yeah, that, that that's basically how I how I started. So yeah. I'll, I'll give you a little bit bit of history, maybe. So, yeah, I, I am a programmer, a professional programmer, doing that for over 30 years now, something like that. But I'm also an amateur artist. And about uh, three years ago, I I saw an article about, about NFTs. And, yeah, I'm already in crypto for a very, very long time, but I didn't know about NFTs. And so I, I, I saw that article about NFTs and I said, oh, yeah, as an amateur artist, uh, this is definitely something I, I need to try out. And the article uh, talked about uh, about three platforms. Uh, that was Foundation, uh, Known Origin, and Super Rare. And I investigated the platforms and I decided that Foundation would be the easiest one to get into because all three were invite at that moment. Um, and and that is basically where my NFT story started. It's also where I met Irish. I, I think she will drop in a, a little later, but she's also coming to, to Tallinn. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, but before we go... Uh... Uh, much deeper into you as, as in a web-free uh, builder and artist, then uh, let's go uh, back in time and uh, go through a little bit of your uh, history of uh, who is Frank before web-free. Uh, yeah, as I said, well, if we go back all the way, I'm, I'm basically an aircraft engineer, so I, I don't have anything to do with computers or, Ooh, nice. <laughs> or whatever. Um, I, I did that for several years, uh, think about uh, 10 something. Uh, and then I decided to go into IT and uh, yeah, I became a, a professional programmer. So I'm, I'm basically, and I'm still doing that. Uh, although I, I program less and less, of course, because uh, I'm getting older and I have more people working for me doing work myself. Uh, but uh, I went into IT uh, as a Java programmer. Uh, which was uh, yeah, which was the start of my IT career. Uh, I for quite a long time, I think another ten years or so. Um, and uh, at uh, at a certain moment, I left those and I, I joined what what is one of the largest IT integrators in in Belgium, which is Kronos, uh, where I have a, a position. And. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm still there. We are. We I actually recently uh, created a company under their wings, which is called Hyperlabs, which is a, is a pure Web three company. So we are now delivering services from under the Kronos wing, uh, yeah, to clients in mainly Europe. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, so when it comes to now, uh, you saying that uh, you were in Web three uh, much before. Uh, NFTs uh, and uh, playing around with crypto, then uh, what got you down this uh, rabbit hole? Well, it, it was a technology. Uh, so, yeah, I learned about Bitcoin and I, I still mine Bitcoin when you could mine Bitcoin on your on your desktop. So that's, that's like ages ago. Uh, of course, when when yeah when all the specialty hardware came in, I, I I wasn't ready to invest into that, so so I dropped out of that. I started mining other stuff uh, like Litecoin, um, which basically I still do. Uh, not bringing that much money, but it's just fun, and I, I like to play with technology, and, and that was the the main reason why I was into crypto. I wanted to understand the technology. What can the technology do, and uh, and what can we do with it? and of course bitcoin there yeah it's, it's it's more a store okay we have these ordinals now but yeah the room to play is is, is a lot less than than on ethereum where you can work with smart contracts and it's when yeah when the smart contracts came out that now we can we can do really amazing things uh with ethereum and and all these other uh crypto coins that do support uh smart contracts Yeah, uh, when it comes to uh, crypto and blockchain in general, then I've been following the industry uh, since the very early days as well, especially as uh, from Estonia, uh, we uh, put our healthcare data and some other uh, data into time-stamped uh, uh, pre-blockchain uh, systems already in 2007. And uh, it's been always fascinating to see what could be done, but... Uh, in the early years, where everyone was uh, discussing about uh, Bitcoin, I never really got it until Ethereum and smart contracts uh, came, and then it all made sense. So uh, when it comes to you saying that uh, we're mining Bitcoin way before uh, Ethereum and also value all the smart contract side of things, then what got you initially involved uh, before Ethereum? Uh, was it just the opportunity to uh, earn a little bit extra by mining, or... Uh, did you have some uh, uh, other reasons as well? No, I, I, that at that time, Bitcoin was really not worth anything at all. I, I will admit, I was I was not a big believer or something. I was not super convinced. I, I was really just in it for the technology. I wanted to see this mining. How does it work? These blocks. How does it work? Or how do they keep it consistent? Because yeah, as an IT guy, of course you're. And yeah, me particularly, I'm very interested in algorithms. And so, yeah, when algorithms interest you, yeah, you have to get interested uh, on how a blockchain works. And so that that really got me into crypto, just experimenting with uh, with the technology. Oh, cool! Yeah, uh, makes makes total sense. So then, but, but, uh, but, uh, Ethereum. But, came but Yeah, yeah, but of course that yeah, that 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 did do good. And mining in those days, uh, we were actually very careless with coins. But of course, when it peaked in 2018, I still had some coins left, so that was interesting. Yeah, 
uh, I think everyone's uh, these days now uh, still uh, sad about how reckless they were uh, in the early days. Uh, but uh, but then uh, Ethereum came out, uh, smart contracts came out, and uh, eventually NFT uh, as a uh, technology was also uh, or protocol was also launched. So uh, uh, can you? Uh, give a kind of overview of uh, your story ever since from there and how did you get to the point where uh, you now launched the uh, uh, web-free specific angle uh, hyperlapse at Explorer? Yeah, of course. As I said, about three years ago, I, I read this article about NFTs, and, but as, a, as an amateur artist, not as a technology guy. And, uh, uh, and yeah, combining the two, I said, yeah, I really have to try this. I have, I have to get into this. And uh, yeah, it took me about two weeks, I think, to get an invite on Foundation. But it was it was actually pretty hard in those days to an invite to be on a platform uh, like that. And my first artwork actually sold in twenty four, which was which was crazy. And everybody was, whoa, who's this Frank guy? He must be a Swiss artist or something, which I am definitely not. Um, but uh, the artwork sold. Um, I started making others, and yeah, they kept selling. Uh, some fast, some slower. I think I actually still have one on the on the Legacy uh, Foundation contract that never sold. Uh, but I'm not chilling it. So yeah, it, uh, somebody really has to stumble over it to, to to even find it. And at a certain moment, one of the mods uh, of Foundation, he said, yeah, I want to do a project. And this is about the time that the Bored Apes came out, uh, that we are now. Um, and I reacted to it. I said, yeah, I'm interested. I said, I'm an IT guy, this much experience, and I want to play with the contracts. And um, and that project that was uh, We Are Dorkies, that was my, my very first uh, collection. Um, so it had me as a developer for the smart contracts and it had Tori. Um, uh, Tori is a, is a really amazing artist, uh, from New Zealand. And, uh, we made this collection. We are dorkies and she hand drew all the traits on paper to, to my knowledge that it had never been done uh, before. And to my knowledge, I actually haven't seen it being done ever after again because i have these pictures of tori sitting in her living room like hundreds of papers around her because she, she was hand coloring them all uh with pencil um in those days we we didn't have all these these frameworks where you could spit out uh a 10k collection in like uh in like half a day like we have now you can just download hashlips and or you can use uh, bueno or something like that and and you yeah, you can you can create a 10k collection in a weekend, but we didn't have all those tools. So I created a framework in Python uh, that would actually combine uh, all the traits again and, and align and, and yeah handle the the transparency because that was really not uh, not that easy with with hand drawn stuff because yeah it's it's very different from punks or or from apes or whatever due to this uh, hand, being hand drawn and. So in September uh, 21, we launched the the collection. So we worked uh, like I think three, four months on it. So that was uh, me programming and and Tori drawing and yeah, sending pictures forth and back. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the the collection sold out to 4,724 uh, tokens, which 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 was which was good. 
and uh, basically that that triggered my appetite uh, to start programming in Solidity uh, even more. Uh, so I, I basically started as a, as a freelance uh, Web3 developer from there on, uh, helping projects uh, to build their contracts. And I, I quickly learned, uh, we already learned that at Foundation, uh, that gas is a problem. Um, I quickly learned that that problem was also very persistent in, uh, in collections. Uh, so I, I started uh, my own framework, which is the year 21F, where F stands for Frank. What a surprise. I actually, wanted, uh, it's, it's written as a React 71A. And I wanted to call it B, but when somebody in my Discord said, Frank, you're stupid, just call it F. Um, and yeah, I can go into this very, very really don't like the implementation of the ERC 721A for, uh, because yeah, they're basically cheating you, or they're promising you better gas. But if you, if you look at it in the long run, it's, it's not really true. Uh, so I wanted to create an answer to that. And yeah, if you go look on my pinned tweet, you can actually find... Uh, the GitHub, where where you can uh, where you can just download it and use it for free. We created all kinds of uh, of examples around it, and so the whole programming thing, uh, yeah, started to really to to bite me and to to excite me even more. Uh, yeah, and since then I did I did like I think over forty projects, uh, something like that, uh, where I helped uh, projects created their smart contracts, audited them, uh, stuff like that. Okay, that's a very impressive uh, story. Yeah, uh, and of course, and yeah, of course, I... yeah. You, you, you got you guys uh, love to call me famous, but of course, I'm also notorious. Uh, and let's put that story in here too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, back to we are dorkies. Uh, we are dorkies. That we actually had a whale. Like like all good projects, we had a whale who bought uh, quite. Um, and that whale was cyborg. Uh, I'm still friends with him. He, he lives. He lives in the UK. And uh, at a certain moment, he uh, called me and he said, "Yeah, I have this. Um, I want to tell you a story." And so he told me the story of the V1 punks. Uh, so and yeah, many people don't know this, but the, the punks as we know them, uh, they're basically their version two of the punks. There was a version one. And that version, it had it had a bug in the contract, and that, that bug was was actually pretty funny, uh, because uh, I would buy your punk, and as a result of that, I would get the punk, and I would also get my money back. Uh, so yeah, that was not really the best implementation for for a marketplace. And Cyborg asked me, "Well, can you fix that?" Oh, that's that's an interesting question. Um, I think I literally answered them. You just uh, you just fucked my my Christmas holiday because we're going to fix this over the Christmas holiday. And so yes, indeed, on 17 January then of 2020, uh, I released the the wrapper for the V1 punks. And those have been trading since then with all kinds of funny anecdotes. Uh, call it like that. Uh, Lava Labs funding them, you over. Uh, so, uh, so a lot has happened, but uh, yeah, they're they're trading and they're trading still pretty good. So, so that is cool. Uh, but of course, yeah, and I do get that. If you would have uh, bought uh, a v a V two in let's say the 
the hype of the moment and you paid like, I don't know, 150K, 200K for that V2 punk. And uh, now this guy comes and he says, yeah, but basically that's a second edition. There is also a, a first edition. And I have that one. Uh, so yeah, some people are not really that happy with it. So that made me a little bit notorious also. Okay, that's a funny story. I think uh, many of the teams that have uh, uh, launched the projects then uh, have have fun things in the early days. For example, when we launched uh, World of Freight, then uh, we had accidentally uh, made it so that uh, those NFTs were not tradable, uh, as in uh, they you couldn't really uh, transfer uh, the ownership. So essentially, we had... Uh, by accident, made Soulbound tokens. And I think this is a good segue into uh, uh, you and Soulbound tokens and uh, and the fact that you'll be coming to uh, join uh, our events to uh, talk about them. So uh, what's your story with uh, Soulbound tokens? Well, uh, of course, I, I, I didn't invent Soulbound tokens. Uh, Vita, Vita, uh, and yeah, a while ago, uh, he wrote a, a white paper on them. And... Uh, I read the white book, uh, the white paper, and uh, and I said, yeah, this this really has potential, because not being able to trade a token brings in a lot of uh, new possibilities, and so I uh, I uh, I created the first implementation. You can also find that on that GitHub uh, in, inside the ERC seven two one F. Um, and we, we have improved, improved it recently. Uh, we created a, a POC uh, for, for the government here uh, because this, the Soulbound tokens, they, they have a, they're, they're unique because you, you, can't, you can't trade them. But that means you can use them to issue uh, things like certificates or like a driver's license, uh, graduation papers, uh, these kinds of stuff that you basically, you don't want people to trade. Uh, you, you can now use NFTs for, thanks to these soulbound tokens. And, and that is pretty cool. Uh, and what we did in our implementation, you can also actually revoke them because yeah, we were, we were looking at the driver's license uh, at that moment. Uh, I'll be coming to to Tallinn. Uh, I will probably drink way too much beer with you guys. I hope you have beer in Tallinn. Um, and if I would drive a car, which of course I will not, police will stop me and they will say, "Ah, yes, yeah, you drove uh, you drove the car drunk." Uh, so you have to give in your driver's license for two weeks, three weeks, whatever. But if you would do that with a soulbound token, that, that can get, get completely automated. I, I don't know how they do it in Tallinn, but in, in Belgium, you really you have to hand in your paper uh, driver's license. And then two weeks later, it's the police office again to get it back. Uh, so now you can, you can completely automate that. Um, and another example, for instance, are certificates. Uh, in, in the IT world, we have a lot of certifications that we can do. And often these certifications, they expire after a certain uh, amount of time. So once that, again, you, you, can, you can do with, with soulbound tokens because you do the, the, do the exam, you get a certificate, and let's say two years later, it expires. It, it will get automatically revoked and sent back to the, to the issuer or to the zero address. So, so that this gives uh, these soulbound tokens. They give a very, uh, 
very unique uh, new thing. It's, it's, it's not about art. It's about identity. It's about recognition, about, uh, yeah, things like that. Yeah. And so when we talk about NFTs in general, then I think uh, even though art is uh, cool, then one of my uh, main focuses uh, is also on other utilities, whether it's uh, supply chains or licensing or, as you were just describing, different uh, certificates. And we've been uh, discussing this uh, together with the Estonian government and its uh, CTO that uh, he wants to at some point see uh, something called the fact registry where all the major facts about uh, people uh, could be uh, stored and uh, not inside of different uh, organizations uh, databases but in a uh, one uh, shared database uh, which would uh, most likely run on blockchain and uh, the only th reason uh, why they haven't been uh, uh, getting it going is because of the uh, so-called sec uh, secret service has been saying but what if we sometimes need to delete some of those facts so actually uh, your implementation of uh, solbon tokens uh, with the uh, opportunity to remove them uh, could be a good uh, way how they could uh, uh, implement what they want to do so i need to uh, make sure you get uh, get in touch uh, those people Yes, uh, and, and also I, I, it is quite quite easy. Uh, if you look at the ERC, uh, you will also see that they actually they created a, a system that you can lock a specific token in uh, a wallet and that you can unlock it again. So, so it, it is relatively easy to, to do this. Uh, you just need an implementation. Uh, so it's the uh, 5192. And it actually has these events uh, locked and unlocked. And so I can send the, the token to you. It is locked in your wallet. And if I want to pull it out, I can unlock it and just pull it back. Of course, hmm. it gives a, a, but... a certain amount of centralization to tokens. And that's maybe a little bit against the Web3 ethos. But it's, it's really about the utility of the, of the soulbound token. Uh, it gets issued by someone, and you can't trade it. Very important, uh, but it can also let's 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 project again to uh, you did study uh, I don't know computer science, and you you get your graduation papers, and we turn those into soulbound tokens. Uh, but of course, you know a lot of people get hacked, and your wallet gets hacked. And of course, you you don't want to use that wallet anymore. Yeah? You were able to salvage uh, your board ape uh, and, and, and some eat, and, and the rest is just lost in that wallet. And so are your certificates. Your certificates of your graduation are in there. And so you can just go back to your to your school or to the government or whoever issued that certification and say, yeah, got hacked. Uh, uh, can you please move them to my new wallet? And they can do it for you. You can't do it yourself because the token is not tradable and not transferable, but they can do it for you. So it does give a lot of advantages to also have a token like this. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's an interesting implementation. No, just look at my pin. So, uh, it's all there for free. Nice. Uh, when it comes to uh, all this, then... Uh, are there some uh, very unique uh, implementations that you are helping uh, uh, currently to set up as well? 
by either some companies or some government. Do you know anyone that has been using it uh, uh, actually for uh, some uh, certificates like this? Uh, using it in production at this moment, uh, I, we just released uh, a product, but it, it's not available on the market yet, uh, that we built for, for somebody else. And uh, they will uh, actually use it to, uh, to control your inheritance. Um, so Ooh. what you, what you can, which you can, it, it's a crypto problem and they solved it in a, in a crypto way. So you have your wallet, uh, which is worth, let's say a million euros. Um, you want to give, uh, half to your wife and half to let's make this kinky. Uh, and so you can actually, you can create a soulbound token and give it, uh, to both women. Uh, and at a certain moment, you will break up with your mistress and you say, oh, but she's not getting the inheritance anymore. And so you can actually pull back the soulbound token, getting your inheritance, and you can give it to whoever you want. And so we just implemented that uh, for somebody, uh, I can't pull the name now because we are still under NDA, but they will, they will bring it, uh, they will launch it for, very soon uh, that people can actually control their crypto inheritance uh, on Web3. And to my knowledge, that is the, one of the very first, uh, let's say, practical uses of soulbound tokens. You, you already see some soulbound tokens uh, around being used, uh, going together with other ERC721s and stuff like that. But they're not really, in my uh, definition, they're not really soulbound tokens. So what, what makes them uh, not be soulbound tokens in your definition? Um, because they're, they're just linked to something else. Let's say the, uh, that you, 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 uh, Scapes is doing something like that. You buy a Scape and there is this other token that follows around that Scape. Um, but if I sell the Scape again, that other token, it, it follows back to the new owner. But that still has me interacting basically even with the secondary token. Quick banana break. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about an event I'm organizing. NFT Tallinn, the biggest web-free event in Northern and Eastern Europe. NFT Tallinn is your bridge to Europe, where the brightest minds in the industry come together to discuss and present the latest trends and developments in a nascent web-free world. The main event will be held from May 8th to 10th and will feature keynote speakers, panel discussions, networking opportunities, VIP dinners and more. In addition, the community will host hackathons, side events and much more throughout the week starting May 5th. Tickets are available now. To learn more and secure your ticket, visit nfttalent.com. It's an event well worth your time. Yeah. I can see. I think it's uh, similar to the uh, questions of the early day NFTs, uh, whether they are NFTs or not, uh, as people are still uh, having those uh, those discussions. Yeah, yes, uh, that's a good one. Uh, I, what is the definition of, of an NFT? Uh, and 
Yeah. Well, how I usually explain it uh, to people is, is an NFT has three components. Uh, on one side, you have you have the contract, uh, and the contract it basically it knows two things. It knows token one hundred is owned by me, and token one hundred and one is owned by you. And the second thing uh, it knows is that token one hundred it has metadata. Where is that metadata? And that is usually to IPFS or Arweave or in the worst case, even an Amazon S3, something like that. And this goes for, for 99% of all tokens. You have this 1% that, that is fully on chain, but that, that's, a, that's really an exception. And uh, the second part, of course, is that metadata, which is hosted somewhere else. So in 99% of the cases, it's not hosted inside the contract. It's hosted on some kind of server, decentralized or not. And that metadata, it, it has the name, the description, the trades, whatever is needed around the token. And uh, what it, of course, also has, it has once again, it has a pointer to the artwork. Because an, an NFT, it always has an artwork uh, connected to it. And that's the third part of the NFT. That is that artwork. That once again is then stored, uh, centralized or decentralized on some servers somewhere. Well, and that's about it. The, there is not much more to an NFT than that. And I think if you have these basic requirements, you can say it is an NFT. Interestingly, uh, when we discussed this with uh, William and Trieken, who is the lead author for uh, ERC721, then uh, he has even uh, a one step simpler explanation. And uh, he's saying that uh, even a uh, paper uh, that has uh, a, a number in sequence can be considered uh, NFT because the only thing that uh, makes it uh, different, at least in the 721 case, not in the 1155, is that uh, every single piece is different. And then, of course, in reality, this uh, number should be on blockchain so you can distinguish, and then this paper is this uh, artwork. But I do like your uh, uh, version as well, and uh, I think it's, it's clear that... Uh, when we talk about uh, uh, digital art uh, from one angle, then uh, oftentimes uh, uh, people are saying that, yeah, we are uh, now displaying uh, the NFT art, but in reality, they are only putting in the uh, art and uh, the link to the uh, smart contract or uh, the additional metadata. And then the question is, are you actually showcasing uh, NFT? Uh, meanwhile, when it comes to other use cases, whether it is uh, loyalty programs or it's uh, some sort of uh, uh, licensing agreements or everything else, then it's a much easier uh, case because uh, usually people understand that the utility comes in only if you take those two things. Firstly, the content and second, a contract. And uh, if you have those two things at the same time, then it's uh, really an NFT. Yeah, but I agree with that. I, I just did bring it a little bit more technical let's call it like that and projected on mm -hmm. on the technology that we're using but, but I, I fully agree 
And and when you're talking about about royalties, yeah, this is is not a concern of the NFT. Uh, you might now say yes, but we have this uh, this uh, this ERC. Yes, but that ERC just gives a, a recommendation, and and that is where many people go wrong here. Uh, many, I see many people. Uh, we have the the whole discussion around royalties now, and. Oh, well, all marketplaces are just putting the royalties to something close to nothing. Um, and but the NFT on its own, it it basically it doesn't care. Uh, the ERC seven to one implementation doesn't care, and the ERC that we add to it, it only gives a, a recommendation on what the royalty should be. And it is indeed, it is the, the contract, it is the marketplace uh, contract that actually decides on how much royalty you will get. Um, yeah, many people see that as, as, as a flaw in, in the NFT space, uh, but it, yeah, there is no other way to, to actually do it. The, the marketplace's contracts, they are independent. And as long as you can just transfer an NFT, because that is what a marketplace is doing. Our marketplace is just calling the, the transfer function on, on, on the ERC721. Uh, you, you, cannot, you cannot circumvent it. So the marketplaces can do whatever they want. And yeah, the royalties was a very interesting utility. Let's call it like that. But I'm afraid it's uh, it's not going that good with Royal Moon. Let's call it like that. Yeah, and I think that uh, there is still uh, an opportunity to uh, save royalties uh, from uh, side who are constantly providing value, uh, whether yeah. it's uh, limiting the value to having paid uh, the royalty, being kind of like a tax system, uh, but uh, from... Uh, collections standpoint when people are trading it then uh, there will always be some ways uh, that would be a workaround and uh, i guess this this debate has kind of been settled uh, already on the uh, on the early days by not uh, writing all this thing into the uh, this particular standard yeah also because basically it doesn't have a use because i want to be able to to send an NFT to my vault, or uh, I don't know, I want to send a gift to Irish and I just sent her the NFT. Um, I need that function. And as long as that function is there, yeah, royalties are not locked in. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to everything else around, uh, very free that you have been uh, working on because we now and you've been one of the early miners. Uh, you were one of the early forkers of the ERC721 uh, contract. So you're playing around with Soulbounds. Is there anything else that we don't yet know uh, that also makes you notorious? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> funny question. Uh, no, I, 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 I'll, I'll make it a little bit broader than just me. I, I think there is a lot that we don't know yet. And I, I think what we have seen in, in 21 until now was just a very big experiment. on What can we do with this technology? Um, and the true utilities, 
they're they're still to come. We still have to let's call it discover those. Uh, and and we all, yeah we already see a lot of course like DeFi and um, and other applications that are coming up and and soulbound tokens that that can be a part of of those new things coming up. But I think the true utility we will discover in, in the coming few years. And I'll do my best to get notorious in one of those areas. Yeah, and we hope that uh, by you joining us at uh, NFT Tallinn, uh, we'll be enabling you to make some uh, interesting uh, new connections that will help you uh, do that. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh... I've never been to Estonia, so I'm, I'm I'm really interesting to to look around. Not only the the conference, but also look around in the city and just go shopping, see what what people are doing, and uh, uh, get some uh, Tallinn culture, to call it like that. I think this is a good segue to uh, quickly give an overview of uh, Tallinn and Estonia, and uh, especially when it comes to Tallinn, then uh, the venue where we are uh, organizing NFT Tallinn is uh, just next to the old town and the old town still has uh, parts of it surrounding the old uh, uh, stone wall and uh, a lot of the buildings are still from the uh, I think like five six hundred years old uh, and at some point Tallinn actually had uh, one of the highest uh, if not the highest building for that particular moment a, a church but of course these days it's uh, uh, it's nothing. It's uh, quite small, but <laughs> uh, but at that time in Europe, it was one of the tallest. And uh, there's a lot of different, uh, uh, like proper historical uh, venues that you can be visiting. As, uh, as Tallinn was the one of those Hansa cities, including that we have uh, uh, the oldest uh, uh, still running pharmacies. Uh, so uh, lots of history there. And uh, when we now uh, move to the uh, blockchain side, then as I was previously mentioning, then uh, we uh, have been playing around with uh, cryptography here in Estonia for over 30 years uh, with uh, having two different companies uh, from the old Russian times that uh, uh, have been in uh, cryptography ever since. And so one of them uh, was the one that uh, built the timestamping uh, uh, for us to put our healthcare data uh, on a private blockchain type of thing back in 2007. And the same company uh, is uh, now, just just now this year, uh, they're running their testnet for their first uh, public blockchain. And they'll be uh, joining us uh, at the event to talk more about it, which is uh, way different than any of the other blockchains out there uh, in terms of uh, uh, not using the UTXO or the account model, but uh, something way different. So uh, lots of interesting things for those that are uh, either history nerds or uh, blockchain nerds. And, uh, and from those that are interested in running businesses, then uh, there's two uh, fun uh, stats for you as well. When it comes to Estonia, then anyone can become an e-resident, which means that uh, you can uh, basically start opening a and a bank account and every, uh, everything else. Uh, in Estonia without having to be a, a real resident by just being an electronic resident. So you don't uh, even have to ever come to Estonia uh, to run the uh, company through here. And why would you want to do that is uh, two things. First of all, uh, Estonia doesn't have uh, a concept like a sales tax uh, uh, in its normal way, meaning that uh, 
you don't uh, have to pay uh, taxes on the revenue as long as you reinvest it as a company. And at the same time, we've been uh, fairly uh, crypto friendly uh, since 2017 as well. And uh, it's still one of the few uh, locations where people are uh, setting up their uh, blockchain companies uh, to get uh, regulated. So, uh, uh, yeah, this is quick overview of uh, why people should be uh, joining us at NFT Tallinn and uh, thinking about Estonia in general. On that note, I would actually like to open the line for any questions that uh, our audience here uh, might have. So if you have a question, uh, put your hand up and uh, we'll uh, pick you to ask it. And then uh, Frank and I uh, try to answer. Dylan, are you with us? Sometimes this app doesn't let him speak. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to learn that myself. If you connect to a spaces on the desktop, it just doesn't work. You have to always connect uh, through a phone, which is pretty weird, but okay. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's just that uh, Twitter uh, lags. But while we wait for uh, Dylan to, uh, to get his Twitter going, then Alex, uh, you have a speaking role. Do you want to ask something from uh, Frank or I? Uh, unfortunately, I only joined like uh, five minutes ago and uh, now I'm waiting for this meeting to be over to listen to recording. <laughs> yeah, but I see that uh, our friend Irish just uh, joined here as well. So hi, Irish. And hi, Squiddy. Uh, so um, I'm bring, for those that are just joining... Bring Irish yeah, up. For She's those who are just uh, joining, then uh, uh, let me uh, get you on. And uh, we are now in the Q&A uh, time. So you can ask questions from Frank. Nino, uh, did you want to ask something? Hello. Hello there, guys. Hi, Frank. How are you doing? Um, uh, Hi, Nino. I'm, I'm fine. Good. Nice to see you nice again. Nice to see you too. Uh, obviously, I noticed about the soulbound tokens, and I was thinking, obviously, my uh, PFP there's of the only force um, soulbound token uh, set up with the frames, which is like the almost like the mech type version nano suit that they had, and I think with the comic as well. So then they have a recall, um, a recall like implementation in place. There, so I was wondering how how does that work from a technical point of view? And and how does it work for you as a user? Can you explain that? So you can go onto the site and press recall wherever that frame is. So I could send my frame of the nano suit to say Frank, uh, but then mm -hmm. if you've sold your actual original NFT, like the Only Force. You can then, that person, new owner, can go on the site, press recall, and it automatically recalls it back to your the new owner's wallet. Yeah, yeah that, that's, I don't know. It's, it's let's call it a, a decentralized uh, soulbound uh, implementation, which, yeah, which basically 
looks looks quite valid because yeah it, it looks who is the owner of the nft and that nft can control it so you can drop it in my wallet but i can't do anything with it i can't trade it right you know yeah you can't trade it but uh, the person that holds it in the wallet so i had crypto dilly like borrow me the frames uh, from our community wallet and i was able to then use collab land to go in the verified section of the instance so that yeah. that, that yeah. came in real handy yeah. as well Oh, yes. It's like a, you can borrow out a, a reference. But that, that sounds pretty much like a, like a soulbound token indeed. It's, uh, yeah, it, it, in this case, it's like, let's call it community control. It's not controlled by a government or a central entity, uh, but community controlled, whoever uh, has the, the master token. But uh, yeah, that really sounds like a soulbound token. Excellent. Uh, I, I was w wondering if the skulls actually, I don't know, Irish girl might be able to speak on it uh, with the demons ones. They are going to think of doing anything like that with the crypto skulls as well. Hey, Nino. Hello, all. Um, yeah, that's a very good question. I know Alex, the founder, is focusing right now on the game. The Gold of Skulls recently launched um, on Ordinals, Bitcoin Ordinals, on a Gamma marketplace. I think it's a Gamma.io. Um, but this is something I think that everyone, yeah, should be considering. Like, I'm a total noob when it comes to soulbound tokens, I'm not going to lie, but I think that there's huge potential in it, especially um, for those that are like me, that don't necessarily like paper. Uh, they lose paper, lose receipts, lose certificates all the time, um, especially if you're, like, uh, moving, you know, moving house, moving accommodation. Um, yeah, this is something that's definitely needed. Um, but yeah, with the de demonic schools um, on crypto schools, if you haven't heard of it before, basically means that some of the original crypto school has has blood to claim, and that blood gives you a second uh, from like their kind of sister collection, um, which are the de demonic schools, um, and they're I suppose like a lot of people buy them uh, because they get can get access to like the the channels um, instead of buying probably from the OG collection, you know, so it's a lot cheaper. Um, so it's a, it's a good way for, I think, uh, new people to get in and still feel like part of the community. But I think this is something that, like, I should definitely pass on uh, because you could definitely link in then, you know, the, it, it will make, I think, Soulbound tokens would make uh, lots of NFT projects feel more united, um, especially if there's a way that, I don't, I don't know, like Frank could probably explain uh, how that you can connect it all in the smart contract but i think that there's something definitely there that can be done to prove that it's part of um the same collection or part of the same brand even uh if that makes sense but uh yeah it's a, it's a very good idea to yeah to try and use soulbound um soulbound tokens for like historical nft collections and like previous collections that have already launched that's yeah, but I, to to go into a little deeper, you know, the demons are definitely not soul bound. Eh? I I have both. I have the skulls and the demons, and you can uh, you can move them around in separately uh, from one to each other, so they don't have that logic. I suppose in the future you could it could almost be like your plus one guest, so you can have someone that you're introducing into the NFT space, and then they can go in the venue as your plus one guest, but obviously. You can soul bound and take that back. Uh, that will be a good way of integrating people that not yet willing to commit to buying like from the main project, but can still like a 
an affordable price or being gifted by someone that's in the community yes. just to, to get them in and interacting. I think we should sell this idea to Yuga, actually, because I, I love this idea. Oh, you got you got very good at taking other people's ideas and making it. <laughs> <laughs> and we should sell it, not give it. We should sell yeah. it. Like you go notorious for seeing what's it. See, there, there is people from Yuga watching. This is the thing; they are watching what people are doing and taking little ideas. Because you know, like I said about the frames and the nano suits that only one force had. All of a sudden, there's going to be like mech suits. But I mean, we've seen mech suits before, so I, I don't know where they're going to go with this and. I mean, even the mutants as well, that was kind of like done before in the derivative sector with uh, bored apes, but they never came to anyone within the community. They just kept it in-house. So that's where I think, you know, that's good, like projects like uh, V1 punks and stuff. We get artists that are in the community to do stuff. And I think that's very good as well, even with the crypto skulls, you know, get people that are in the community to do the work. And then I think that's really good. It rewards people for taking part and being part of the community. Yeah, that that's the advantage or or the disadvantage of of skulls and v ones of course they're completely community driven there is no billion dollar company behind it uh, and so it also depends on the goodwill of those people to actually do something with it but I think both projects are doing pretty well for a community driven project and could could the yeah. I was going to say, Frank, could the soulbound stuff even work with contracts? So say like I have like I want to grant someone like the rights with that NFT associated, say, to a song that they could use that song for web free stuff or for like like a contract. Or if you have like um, something that's, you know, like shared, you know, like a crypto punk or something, the derivative rights or commercial rights. Do you think that could be done as well? Yeah, of course, and, and I probably already do some projects doing that eh? because it it is it is relatively easy to write a contract where you say, okay, you have access to this or this function, just because you have a punk or you have an ape or whatever other token. Uh, so that's relatively easy to build. Uh, so indeed, then coupling something secondary to this, uh, adding a I don't know a commercial right to to a certain other thing. Yes, can definitely be done. And then you could add a recall function if the, if that's then sold. Yes. Oh, excellent. That sounds really yes. good. That's really good. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, you can then, I, I then buy it. I, I recall your rights to actually use it uh, because I sold it to Irish and uh, and then give it to her. Then, yeah. Things like that can, can 100% be done. It's an, it's an interesting business case, actually, to start building things around that. Thank you for answering the questions, Frank. Ah, no problem, Nino. Thank you, Irish, as well. Thank you, Nino. Nino, are you going NFT NYC? I'm. I'm not actually. No, no. I'm. I'm homebound. <laughs> so I'm, You're waiting uh, for NFT talent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for. to for, yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for the castle. The castle NFT uh, one that Irish has promised us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, I said that. Um, there's uh, so many castles here in Ireland. We should have a, an NFT event. I'm still working on it, um, and uh, I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna happen. <laughs> but uh, that would be that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I think there was uh, the first. 
think there was the first castle event uh, uh, somewhere uh, Central Europe. Uh, but uh, once with Italian done, then uh, I'm sure uh, Darina would love to come and uh, help you set something up uh, in uh, in Ireland inside a castle as well. Yeah, that was Trevor Jones. He um, had a web tree party for painters, I think it was. Uh, was it last year? Uh, that looked very good. Um, there wasn't. I, I don't think there was that many people. Like compared to like NFT talent, there'll be way more. Um, but yeah, like let's 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 do. I'm looking forward to a castle party as well. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Yeah, maybe yeah. I, I I don't know. Maybe the talent guys, uh, Iris and, and me, we are also notorious for something else. Uh, for all the parties we go to, so tell us a little bit about the side events uh, that we will see in uh, in Tallinn. Yeah, so uh, those joining us uh, in Tallinn, uh, you won't only see the uh, conference taking place from uh, May eight to May ten. But there's also lots of different uh, side events happening, starting from May 5 uh, and lasting until like 11 or maybe even 12. So uh, what, what we have in plan is uh, Tallinn uh, as a hackathon with uh, its own parties uh, happening uh, for, on the weekend from uh, May 5 to 7. Then we have uh, the VIP dinner on uh, May 8, uh, where those that are getting the VIP tickets can come and mingle with the speakers and the partners. Uh, and uh, have some good time and maybe there's going to be some after party for the VIP dinner as well uh, especially for Irish and Frank uh, <laughs> and then uh, then uh, during the event itself uh, we will have a uh, bar uh, running uh, throughout both of the days so if anyone wants to start a party early you can and uh, there will also be on both uh, days a, a open bar a happy hour uh, from uh, four to six, and and then uh, on the night there's also a, a big after party with actual band and uh, DJs and other stuff. So again, and then we are currently uh, working on some uh, additional uh, side event parties for uh, the Moonbird community. Is currently looking into doing something on tents. Uh, then I'm looking to set us something up for the Yuga and uh, Board Ape uh, ecosystem. And, uh, and some other things are being uh, discussed as well. And then finally, on the 11th, uh, there's uh, a policymakers uh, roundtable and uh, some, some more uh, fun things happening. So uh, in short, uh, lots of fun, including parties. I'm going to be dead again when I go home. Okay, I get it. But yeah, that's part of the conference life. I suppose. Uh, sounds sounds very good. Sounds really very good. Uh, yeah, definitely count me in for uh, for the yoga events. Uh, and we'll see. And the side yeah. events. I think uh, I think Frank prefers the side events as well. He is such a party animal. It's hard to keep up on. <laughs> that is why. Uh, we are making sure that the main event itself also feels like it's to have the same vibe as the uh, smaller side events in terms of uh, all the fun happening uh, and not be uh, just uh, boring and uh, lots of lines like uh, many other conferences. That, that's, a real cool, that's a real cool spirit because, yeah, we, we have seen a few boring conferences. 
so purely speaking of the conference part. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking. I must admit, I'm really looking forward to to seeing Tallinn and to to discover uh, what you guys have set up and and all the culture in in Tallinn. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And so are we. So uh, uh, thank you, Frank, for this uh, uh, one hour that we've spent together uh, talking about uh, you and uh, different uh, NFT standards and soulbound tokens and uh, other things. We're looking forward to hosting you soon uh, in uh, Tallinn at NFT Tallinn. And uh, for everyone else listening, then uh, hope to see you there as well, where you'll be able to meet Irish, Frank, and uh, many of the other uh, awesome speakers and partners and other people joining uh, us. So thank you all. And uh, let's see at the next NFT Telling Talks, as well as the main event itself. That's all for today's episode of NFT Telling Talk. I appreciate all of you for tuning in, and I hope you'll time in for our next episode. Make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast if you found it valuable. It really helps us out. I encourage you all to visit nftitalin.com to learn more about the event and grab a ticket when you're ready. I promise you the experience in Estonia will be a worthwhile one. Bye-bye.